Hello everybody, Joel Junker here with Cameron Brooks and welcome to another episode of the Cameron Brooks Podcast, Above and Beyond. Uh, great uh, great catching up with uh, Cameron Brooks alumnus from 2013, Tom Wilson. Uh, Tom is a former Air Force officer uh, we placed with uh, Nationwide uh, back in 2013. He is now a, net, uh, excuse me, a marketing project manager uh, with a $50 million portfolio of products that he is responsible for for projects and advising the uh, product managers on roadmaps for marketing, implementing better technology, and educating them on what's happening in their industry and the competitive nature of this. And what I really enjoyed about this podcast is some of the advice that uh, that Tom had to offer in terms of, you know, number one, hit the ground running, uh, put the hard work up front, um, ask a lot of questions, uh, constantly be finding ways to learn and uh, the pretty consistent theme in all the Camel Brooks podcast be humble don't be in a rush and I think he even comes back around and says be humble again so um, I I hope you enjoy the the conversation I have with Tom as always more information about Camel Brooks can be found on our website Cameron-Brooks.com as well as PCS to Corporate America 4th edition which you can find on Amazon or uh, read the first chapter and the introduction online for free at our website. Uh, if you have any suggestions for our podcast or any other ideas or thoughts, we'd love to hear your feedback. You can send that to uh, directly to me at uh, jjunker at cameron-brooks.com. So my first initial J, my last name, Junker, J-U-N-K-E-R, cameron-brooks.com. Thanks for listening. Hi, Tom. It's Joel. Thank you for uh, being on the Cameron Brooks podcast. Uh, I uh, appreciate you taking your time out of your very busy day to, to, to share with us your, your transition experience and your career at, at Nationwide. Yeah, thanks for having me, Joel. I'm always happy to, to help Cameron Brooks and Jan Mose make that uh, successful transition over to corporate America. But so what's one of the things that's been helpful in these episodes is to, to let our guests just uh, jump in and just give us the one or two minute spiel of this is who who you work who I work for and this is what what I do now. So if you want to just give, sure. us, give our listeners a little background there. Uh, so uh, after uh, my military career, I, I made that transition through uh, Cameron Brooks. Uh, I went through the uh, the conference back in I believe it was uh, November of 2013. Interviewed with a lot of great companies and uh, Nationwide Insurance was one of them. Uh, Nationwide is uh, one of the largest financial service in, uh, companies out there in the United States today. I think. Um, Last check, it was uh, about 68 on the Fortune 500 list. And um, I interviewed with Nationwide and was able to uh, secure an offer with them uh, and uh, started uh, in uh, winter 2014 here in uh, Columbus, Ohio, which is where their headquarters uh, is at. Um, I uh, started and I'm currently still am in uh, their marketing department. Uh, Marketing at Nationwide is a uh, fairly large organization. It's about 900 associates. Um, and within the marketing organization, there's a department called marketing technology. And our department is in charge of optimizing uh, marketing's investments in data and technology. Um, my first role uh, within this department at Nationwide was as a project manager uh, for one of the customer information management assets that we have that is used to uh, uh, send out all of our uh, marketing campaigns to our customers. Um, in that role uh, as a project manager, I was in charge of uh, 
building out new enhancements uh, to make sure that we are successfully uh, meeting the needs of our business owners and in, uh, in sending out those marketing campaigns. Did that for about two, two and a half years, and uh, last fall I was approached about a, a new opportunity within the marketing technology department uh, uh, on what's called our uh, marketing technology strategy team. <clears throat> Spoke with a couple mentors of mine about the, the, about the role, uh, talked to a couple folks that were currently on the team, and uh, quickly learned that this was a role that uh, would, would definitely be uh, beneficial to a, a longer-term career path here nationwide and something I was very interested in. So I interviewed for the role and uh, was able to get it. And I've been doing that uh, just about a year now. Uh, and within the strategy team within marketing technology, our, our main role is to manage marketing technologies uh, or manage marketing's investment uh, in uh, technology and data. Uh, we have roughly about a $50 million portfolio that we manage. And we work with our uh, marketing leaders to understand what capabilities do they want to enable in one year, three year, five years down the road. What technology and data investments do we need to make and when do we need to make them in order to enable those capabilities? So we're basically guiding them through strategic capability planning, uh, helping them build out roadmaps for their different areas within marketing, and then working with them and our finance partners to help build out business cases in order to uh, advocate for those technology investments. The, the other part of that is educating them on um, what's going on in the external industry, so doing some uh, industry analysis on what's going on in uh, marketing and technology to help them uh, get that idea of what, what they should be doing to keep up with the competition as far as marketing and technology is related. So I've been doing that role for about a year now. Uh, thoroughly enjoy it. It's uh, I would say not only this role, but this team specifically is uh, in what's called what I'd call a matrix organization. Uh, so you you have to interact and work with a lot of different folks from a lot of different backgrounds, whether that be uh, vice presidents from different marketing areas or uh, technology or IT folks to in order to understand what technology investments do we need to make, and finance folks to help understand how to build out successful business cases, and then finally our contracting teams to learn how to uh, help out building contracts for third-party vendors or different technology vendors that we need uh, to be successful here nationwide. So it's a, it's a dynamic team. It's a, it's a dynamic organization that's constantly changing. It's something that you don't think of when you think of insurance, uh, but uh, marketing and technology is a, a, an ever-evolving field, and it's something that uh, I really enjoy. You know, you touched on something that, um, I want to dive into so many things that you just said there that I want to dive into. I want to dive into big data because um, I think that that's something that might be um, our listeners, the GMOs, might not be familiar with. But you kind of you didn't say big data, but it sounds like you're doing a lot of work with big data to guide these people in making decisions and provide those services and products for consumers. My face there. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, all of the different applications or different technology that we use in marketing produces data. Uh, there's di different data points. Um, and we, have, we actually have a team that's our sister team that's uh, marketing analytics that helps analyze that data. Uh, and we partner with them to understand uh, what do we need uh, in order to grow our customer base, uh, what technology uh, helps us uh, learn that, uh, what technology or, or uh, processes can we uh, put in place to uncover more about our customer. Uh, 
Um, there's a lot of uh, lot of growth in that area. Um, big data is a kind of a buzzword that you hear out there uh, within uh, the business world. And it's something that Nationwide is investing heavily in or has invested heavily in over the last you know, four or five years or so. And will continue to do so because it's an ever-changing field. And uh, it's uh, something that our team uh, has to keep up with as far as um, uh, what what's the, the trending uh, topics. You know, we have what's what's going on in the, the world of data and analytics. Uh, we we do a lot of uh, uh, you know going to conferences and learning about uh, different vendors and different technology pieces. But the key part of that is understanding what. Uh, from our business leaders, what do they? What capabilities do they want? I mean, there's a lot of shiny technology toys out there that produce data and help us, uh, you know, maybe uh, learn a little bit more about our customer. But understanding what path our business leaders want to go on first, and then applying the appropriate technology to that, is, is kind of what our team is, is charged with doing. Uh, otherwise, you end up buying a lot of disjointed technology. Uh, uh, pieces that uh, produce great data, but that might not, 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 not might not necessarily get you to where you want to be at. So, with with the role you're in, or the role you went into, what advice would you give to Tom Wilson or to any that was a JMO or any JMO that's saying, hey, "I'm interested in the type of work that Tom's doing. What could they be doing right now in the military?" to become familiar with some of the things that you do, or to have some of the experiences and skills that somebody like Nationwide would look for this, kind of like product manager, marketing, um, analyst role that you're talking about? So I, I would say that first and foremost is um, getting a, a solid understanding of project management. Um, for me, when I uh, was going through the Cameron Burns program, that's one of the things I proactively did uh, uh, to kind of beef my resume up, so to speak. Uh, because I did not have a business background whatsoever. My, my undergraduate degree was in French and international relations. So I went out and got my green belt, uh, Six Sigma. I got my PMP certification to hopefully, uh, you know, get more business acumen uh, so that when you go in front of uh, interviews at the, at the conference, you're, you're able to articulate not only about PMP or uh, project management uh, uh, terms, but then you can relate those to the uh, the stuff that you've done in the military. Most, most every military officer, myself included, has led a project. You might not call it a project while you're in the military, but you've led one, uh, and be able to uh, kind of pair the uh, stuff that you've done and the great stuff you've done in the military with the uh, the project management type of terms and terminology really helps sell yourself to a company such as Nationwide. Uh, the other part of that would be the, the constant learning, learning what's out there, whether that be reading books or periodicals about what's changing in the technology landscape. Um, you know, mark, I'm in marketing, but every industry uh, is using technology and big data uh, uh, in some shape or form. Uh, so learning about what, what's going on, uh, reading different business periodicals. We, we do a lot of uh, research with um, uh, companies such as Forrester or Gartner to understand what is going on in the technology landscape. Uh, you might not know everything about what you're reading, but at least know kind of what the general trends are. Uh, what I, I would say would help prepare you for having those uh, conversations with companies such as Nationwide at the conference. Um, but if you go continuing on with this idea of advice question. What would be your advice to any JMO to do 
like maybe two or three things that they should do in year one to set them up for success and to really contribute to the organization and establish that foundation in, the, in, in business. In other words, Tom, if you had to write a book on hey, three things or write a blog on three things every JMO should do in year one, what would those three things be? Uh, definitely year one, number one is hit the ground running. Um, you are basically starting off uh, as, as a brand new second lieutenant uh, in whatever industry you're in. Uh, so you do not know a lot about what's going on. So you've got to uh, burn the candle at both ends, uh, uh, to use a phrase there, and, and uh, learn a lot about not only the industry that you're in, but also learn about the, the specific role that you're in and how everything interconnects. Uh, so you you got to put in the hours. So quite frankly, you got to do the hard work up front uh, and be ready to uh, try to add value on day one. Um, the other, another thing is to um, ask a bunch of questions. I mean, we had uh, I was lucky enough here at Nationwide to have uh, several folks within my own department that were former military officers as well. So they understood exactly what it is I was going through. Uh, and actually, Nationwide does a very good job of uh, uh, with mentoring, uh, partnering uh, you with former military officers who uh, you can mentor with. So um, having uh, the mindset that I'm going to go around and, uh, and talk to them and pick their brain about how did they make that transition, but also one of the advices they gave me was go around and uh, set up 30-minute meetings or coffee chats with every single director within within the marketing technology area. And I did that and just learn about what they do on a daily basis and how you can help them. Um, and uh, so that, that's number two. Number three, with, again, I think I touched on it earlier, is just having that constant thirst for knowledge, whether that be learning more about the, the industry or learning more about technology or just – uh, from, from my example, I didn't have a lot of business background, so I went ahead and went out and got my MBA to learn more about just the business world uh, in, in nature. So I would say asking a ton of questions, hitting the ground running, and, and constant learning and constant development is, are the key three things that I would really focus on in that first year. And now, one to three things don't do this. What would that be? I would... <laughs> Uh, don't uh, come in with the uh, the attitude that um, I was a military officer. I led hundreds of people. Uh, I I I got this. I know how to I know how to do this. Um, again, the industry is completely different. Uh, while some of the, the skill sets that you learned in the military are very valuable in, in corporate America, um, it's just some of it is apples and oranges when it comes to uh, 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 some of the other ideas and skills that you need. So um, I would come in with an open mind. Don't come in uh, with the idea that um, I, I've learned uh, everything I'm going to know. Uh, another thing is, is, don't, uh, is uh, I would say be patient. Uh, don't uh, come in with the idea that I'm going to hit certain milestones at you know, six months, a year, two years, three years, et cetera. Uh, and the military is very good about mapping out your career for you. Um, and uh, saying, you know, at four years you're going to make captain and, you know, 10 years you're going to make major and you're going to have these many assignments before you go to squadron officer school or wh whatever you may have uh, as far as in your branch. But in corporate America, it's not necessarily like that. Uh, it's not mapped out for you. Um, so uh, don't come in with a, a uh, you know, that uh, 
uh, idea in your head that, you know, in six months I need to hit a promotion, otherwise I'm, I'm failing. That's not necessarily the case. Uh, so be patient. That's actually advice I received here from one of my mentors, uh, and that uh, actually I just received that not too long ago because I've been here for about three years and uh, I kind of had the itch. Uh, you know, it's time to move. Uh, but uh, be patient, and then uh, I, I would say um, be be humble. Um, you know, you as a military officer, you have um, skills and experiences that. Most of these people in corporate America just can't relate to. I mean, you, you've done a, a lot of amazing things, and uh, that uh, they will never even uh, begin to understand. Um, but understand that they have done some great things too in, in corporate America. And um, be humble. Uh, don't uh, you know? You can talk about your successes in the military, but I wouldn't go around bragging about all, all the lives you save or anything like that. Uh, just be humble, be curious about what they're doing, ask a ton of questions, and uh, you'll do it really well in that first couple of years. It's amazing that on these podcasts that we've done, I think the, the number one theme I think that comes out of every one of them, somehow, some shape, or form, is be humble. And it's crazy how important that is just consistently, whether that be willing to ask a lot of questions, Again, that you don't know anything, but I, I guess I, I knew that. I guess somebody said to me before we started these podcasts, what would be the top theme? It wouldn't surprise me that's humble, but I'm not humility. But I'm not sure I would have picked that before we started. I think like hard work, read, learn. But I think the number one thing I hear from our alumni how important it is to be humble. Um, yeah, I, I would definitely hit on that because uh, I, I, I agree with that. You, you know, you, you've got to learn what all these individuals are doing and, and, and be humble and, and be willing to ask questions and, and, and know what you don't know. I mean, it, it's, 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 a, it's, a, uh, it's a year of growth, uh, and actually it continues on. I mean, I'm still growing. I'm still learning. Uh, but uh, that first year is definitely a year of growth, and you, uh, you need to be humble and ask a ton of questions. Tom, what are you most proud of with your, your biggest accomplishment in the time that you've been with Nationwide? Um, like your hero story of your four years at Nationwide so far. I think uh, my hero story, if, um, and I've really never thought of it that way, but uh, over the last year, we were able to successfully build out our team a, uh, a dashboard that shows and, and kind of incorporates all the marketing and technology investments uh, over the next year. Prior to that, every single area within marketing kind of had their own budget and nothing was connected. So what was happening was we had um, different areas of marketing buying technology solutions, whether that be internally uh, built or through a third-party vendor, and uh, they weren't talking with each other. And a lot of that, what happened was we were buying uh, multiple technologies that did the same thing, which is obviously a waste of, uh, of resources, uh, and, and we're not spending our, our uh, members' dollars advantageously. Uh, we're, a, uh, we're a mutual company, so we're not, uh, we uh, work for our, our members, our consumers. Uh, and so what we did is we went through and uncovered all of uh, the different technology uh, investments that we make through all of the marketing departments 
and found all these inefficiencies, all these uh, duplications of effort. And we were able to uh, basically um, present that to our, our uh, chief marketing officer and show him uh, the value of having a more capability-first mindset versus that technology-first mindset. Uh, and his charge to our team was to go out and uh, uh, eliminate that uh, duplication, and that's what we've been doing over the last year. And we were able to, to uh, uh, save uh, several million dollars in just um, uh, reducing duplicative technologies that we don't need. Uh, that uh, are, uh, are each one's doing the same thing. So, and at the same time, it, it makes us more efficient too. Uh, and um, I think that's probably the biggest win that we have so far is to be able to shed some light to our marketing leaders that. Um, you know, we we need to have that uh, kind of that horizontal thinking across all the marketing teams when it comes to investing in technology. Um, and the, what types of things do you do at work, Tom, for you that you just, oh, when you do them, they just bring you a lot of energy. Like when you do them, you actually feel even more energetic. Like you, there's things you do at work. We all do at work that we do them. And um, they drain us of energy. Like we all feel a little depleted. But then there's things that we get to do at work. And like, hey, wow, I actually feel even more energy. What is it about what you're doing at Nationwide, some of your responsibilities, projects, that you get into that flow and it brings you more energy? I think the biggest thing right now in this current role is uh, on a monthly basis, I get to meet with all the, uh, the uh, department heads within marketing and talk about uh, technology and investments. And that really gets, gets me excited because I, they see the excitement too uh, and they, they see the value in having like-minded folks in the same room talking about data and technology and what investments do we need to make. And you can see them getting energized, which obviously energizes me. Um, so being in a room and being able to collaborate with all these individuals who've been in, either been in nationwide or been in marketing organizations for 20, 30 years, uh, and uh, being able to talk about uh, what investments we need to make and, and, and when we need to make them. I think that uh, really gets me excited. Uh, actually, I just had my, my, uh, my September meeting yesterday, and I'm still getting some great feedback from that, and uh, I, you know, a lot of action items come out of those meetings. Um, so uh, that is kind of, it gets you out of your desk, gets you out of your office to, to go meet uh, some marketing leaders to learn about what their problems are and how can you solve them. And that, I think that's uh, what really gets me excited. Is that something that you initiated on your own or that's just a part of the responsibilities that you have? Yep. That's something um, our team initiated on our own this year. We Prior to this year, we did not do this. And that was part of that effort in uh, uncovering late last year that we were spending uh, uh, money on duplicative technologies so in an effort to curb that we purposely put in a meeting on a monthly basis to uh, talk about uh, data and technology investments that every team is doing, and uh, we lead that, uh, that, that meeting. Um, from a, a, uh, now, same with this energetic energy or this energy type of thing, um, what, do you, what, kinds of recommenda what do you do or what recommendation would you make to people just starting year one, year two in their career of things that they should be looking at to do outside of work to bring them energy, whether that be on the company flag football team or do 
work out? What is it that you would say, hey, these are the things that you might want to think about doing outside. This is what I do outside of the work to to fill my bucket. Right. Um, outside of work, uh, a couple things I do to, to kind of keep me energized is, one, uh, my wife and I, we, we have uh, a little horse farm, so we have some horses. So just going down to the barn and, and working with the animals and, and, and being outside is, uh, like most uh, uh, folks in corporate America, you spend most of your day inside in an office. Uh, so uh, being outside and, and being able to kind of reconnect, as a, uh, you know, with nature or, or with animals and stuff is something that really re-energizes me. But something we do as a team is at least once a month, if not more often, we we do happy hours and go out and kind of let some steam off as as a group. Uh, and uh, you know, don't talk shop during that time. That that's not what we're there for. We're we're there to kind of uh, connect and and have fun. And and uh, um, so I, I think part of that is kind of finding ways uh, to uh, break away from uh, uh, your job, and whether that be working out or, uh, in my case, uh, you know, working on on the farm. Uh, and then uh, another part of that is what what things can you do as a team to maintain that energy level and part of that for us is just doing something once a month it might not be going to a local restaurant or uh or having a cookout or something like that but every month is different we'll, we'll try to do something to keep us um keep us uh have a, an energy level that's high i guess okay, as we wrap up the the podcast um uh, what uh, one of my favorite questions to to, to finish up with is What's the best advice that you've ever received that you'd like to share with the listeners? I think, uh, I don't know if it's the best advice I've ever received, but it's the one I, I think of off the top of my head because I just received it about a month or two ago, and I, I think it's pretty pertinent to uh, most uh, uh, JMOs uh, uh, recently who have recently transitioned, and that was the be patient um, uh, advice I received. Um, I have a, a mentor here nationwide, and I've been here, uh, about three and a half years now, and like I said, I, I kind of had that itch. Uh, in the military, I was used to moving around every two to three years. And while I have changed positions here at Nationwide, I, I'm still in the same building. I'm still on the same floor uh, within the same building. Uh, and uh, I kind of felt like, you know, maybe maybe I'm not doing what I need to do in order to uh, progress. And uh, he was a former military officer as well, and he said he had the same experience, you know, 20 years ago when he got out. Uh, so he said we're constantly, uh, uh, and he said he still feels that way. Yeah, he still feels like he has the itch to move. Uh, that's something that's kind of ingrained in you uh, uh, when you uh, uh, go into the military. But uh, to be patient, you know, good things will come to you. Uh, you keep on working hard. Um, you don't need to move locations or, 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 or move jobs just to have a successful career. You're, you're doing that uh, by uh, doing the good work that you're doing. Uh, be patient and uh, uh, be uh, work hard, and, and good things will come. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot here, and um, why don't you ask me? You ask me a question. Anything that you think you want to draw out of me for our listeners, or for you? Uh, I'm trying to think uh, what. Basically, I'll, I'll flip the script on the question you just asked me. What advice would you give a um, a recently transitioned JMO who has been out for a year or two uh, and who is uh, uh, kind of uh, looking at uh, 
making a, a, a career move or what, when, when to make a good career move. I mean, uh, whether it be with the same company or with the, uh, various other companies. Um, what advice do you, well, basically, would you give a, a recently transitioned GMO? So there's two, uh, maybe there's two questions in there. Maybe they're tied together. What, what advice would I give a recently tra- uh, transitioned military officer? And then two, you know, you're two years in and thinking about, you know, a move within there. So my first advice to, to, um, a military officer, uh, it may not be the most important, but kind of to, to, it's just something that I've been thinking a lot about for me personally. Um, mistake that I made in my career, I feel like, is I didn't go find mentors until just the last couple of years. I mean, I mean, I've been in business with Cameron Brooks for 18 years now. I'm in my mid-40s. I just can't believe, I'm kind of mad at myself, that I didn't go find mentors until like two years ago. And what I mean by mentors is I've got two people that I have sought out that I respect. And I asked them, I said, will you mentor me? And I I don't have a mentor. And here's why I respect you. And here's why I'm asking you. And here's what I foresee it would look like. Well, let's talk once a quarter. And I'll send you a list of things and topics that I'm challenged with right now, both personally and professionally, like to get your insight. On that, so usually I have like three or four things on our agenda, and I have one mentor that would close up the conversation, and you know, then I'll just probably reach out in a quarter. I have another mentor that says, "Okay, here's what I want you to do." Actually, gives me homework, and then says, "Let's talk in the next, and let's talk in the next month." And what this has done for me is, I have actually started from their conversation. They have then asked me to go talk to other people to get more, um, to get more insight on things. And I'm not networking for this. Because I think a lot of people talk about networking, so they network to go find a job or network to get the next opportunity set up. Uh, this is networking from the standpoint is that I am networking or building a network of people that I am getting developed. I am getting information that they're experts on. I might be coaching in developing other people, experts on on change management, experts on sales, um, and then I'm touching base with, and uh, I have grown more in the last year by seeking out people to be mentors. And sometimes it's not, I don't say those formal things, but I just went out and sought a couple people on on my team here at Cameron Brooks and said, hey, I want to, I'd like to, to meet with you and I, if you take some time to um, think about what you perceive as my strengths, what you perceive as my weaknesses, what I need to get better at, I'd like to understand how you, the, the, the people around me, perceive me or my leadership style and how I should change that. And then how is our relationship on a 10 scale? And... What's one thing we could that I can do or we could do to take that relationship to another level? So that's not a mentor piece, but I proactively sent that uh, talk to the people, then sent them that email, and then I met with them for an hour. And I'm going to keep doing that periodically because they've become my – that's my mirror. So mentors are developing and learning me. But I have a mirror, and I look at the mirror of Joel Junker. I'm biased at what I see in the mirror. But that those conversations that I had, 
with my colleagues, and you could do it with colleagues, clients, whatever you want it to be, people that you trust, and get that feedback. And this proactive learning feedback has been huge for me developmentally. I've always been a world-class learner. I, I feel like I hate to call myself world-class. It's kind of big. That's not what I meant. I mean, I've always been a person that's really into self-development. I read a lot of books, watch videos, but I've never, like, gone to another person. Not never, just like in the last couple of years. And I said, wow, that's just a big mistake. The second, the, the come back to what somebody in the first couple of years, I think you answered your question yourself. And I, if I had to talk to Joel Junker, year one, year two at Cameron Brooks, I'll tell you, the exact same thing Chuck Alvarez said to me. I can't remember. It was some Italian word or something like that that would, he would use in Italian, something about climbing the mountain about being patient climbing this mountain. I don't remember the phrase it was, but the point was, Joel, you're climbing a mountain. You don't need to climb it in the first two years. You know, enjoy the journey. Enjoy the views. Enjoy the rest. Enjoy the picnics along the way. Enjoy just kind of walking along the trail and, and uh, be patient. And when you do start feeling, ah, oh, you're not thinking about switching to this other trail, this ties back, or switching over to a whole different mountain, if you will. This ties back to the, my first piece. Get on the phone with somebody, call somebody, talk to somebody, get them to shine a mirror. And the mirror may say, get on a different trail. The mirror might say, go to a different mountain. But I don't think that it's wise to make that decision just by yourself because you are in the middle of it, you are biased, and you might need somebody that's sitting out from the outside looking at this. I, you know, I was having a, a challenge. To give you an example, I, have, I was having a challenge with working with somebody, not here at Cameron Brooks, but just some of the other things I've been working on outside of my um, work environment. And I was just talking to one of my mentors about this personal relationship I had with somebody that I was really challenged with and about really willing to give up on the relationship with this other person. And... Basically, the guy, my mentor said, Joel, get over yourself. There's all sorts of people that are just think this way and that way and this way. You have, you have to um, do this, this, and this and make that work. I was like, you know what? You're right. I'm looking at this relationship thinking about what's wrong with this person. They're crazy. but Instead, I should have been looking at the relationship because my mentor taught me this. Instead of giving up on this relationship, this mentor said, no, there's plenty of people like this. And they're not necessarily wrong. They just see things this way. You see them this way. You've got to be able to change. You've got to be able to, you have to be able to do these things to make that work. But if I hadn't called my mentor and I asked some questions and given them the situation, I thought for sure the mentor would say, yeah, you're, for, you're right. That's crazy. Just get out of that. Don't do that anymore. But he didn't. So the value of that perspective. So that could be a formal mentor. That could be somebody just picking up the phone and calling you or you calling them and saying, they've got this situation. Have to get your advice. I think what you will realize or what people will realize, most people are givers. Most people want to share their knowledge and their experience because you make them feel good. One. Two, most people are in where they are in this world because somebody else got them there, and they know that. 
and they want to do the same thing for other people. They know that they've got to pass it on. So that that'd be the long, hopefully thorough answer back to Tom. I thought it was a fantastic question. Two questions, if you will. Yeah, no, that's that's perfect, and it kind of echoes some of the uh, advice that my one of my mentors here provided with with the be patient thing. So, just wanted to get a different perspective on it, and it sounds like uh, you guys are definitely in sync on on the the be patient uh, 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 kind of uh, mentality. So, Tom, sincerely appreciate you being on on the podcast. Uh, just chock full of great information um, and insight. Congratulations on all your success and, and on your executive MBA uh, that you've just uh, earned as well. And uh, thank you for all you do for all transitioning veterans as well. Yeah, thanks for having me, Joel. Anytime you guys need anything, let me know.